0: We're Cutting Weight. Let's go.
1: She cried to
0: the southern wind. Congratulations, listeners. You found some time to kill. Welcome to Cutting Weight, the show that for killing time that might otherwise be well spent. But today, I think we're gonna we're gonna spend some time. Well, we're gonna do it with uh, Coach Armel, and he's got some stories to tell. Let's see how long I can keep this Dr. Seuss thing going.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, that was pretty interesting. But you, you guys know, uh, I'm your host, Mike. To my left, Shane. To my right, Jim. And um, we've got a great host, uh, great guest here today. Why do I always do that?
2: But every every time,
0: we're gonna find some high ground here. Um, although we're not a high concept podcast, are we? I, I mean, think we like to keep it simple. We do like to keep it simple, but today we've got a cause, and and I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here today. And I'm I'm pretty excited to do that, and great to have a an awesome host like uh, guest, <laughs> 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 like Coach Ar-
2: Armelli here.
0: So um, first, we'll talk about the beer, um, and Jim's uh, Jim's brought us a real doozy here.
2: Yeah, it's uh, comes from Goldhorn Brewery, which is a local brewery. It's on uh, the east side. I think it's right around like East Seventy Fifth downtown and it's called polka city pilsner so this is might be one of the first beers that we've had in a long time that wasn't an ipa a double ipa a hazy ipa a new england style ipa this is actually just a pilsner and it's uh got the polka name of it because it probably celebrates cleveland's you know great polish heritage I haven't had a Pilsner in a long time, so this was a little bit of a shock to my taste buds because... I, I was wondering that. I'm like, when was the last time Jim had a
1: non-IPA? Um, you know?
2: But it's good. It's uh, it's kind of light alcohol content, which is good for a Saturday afternoon, 5.1%. It's got a pretty cool uh, Billy Goat playing uh, accordion on the on the front of it.
1: You don't see that every day.
2: No, no, but uh, I've actually been to Goldhorn Brewery. I think you were there with me once too, Mike. We met Frank there once last spring when he was in town. Yeah.
0: Frank is the name of the goat that was playing the accordion. That's what I remember.
2: Well, yeah, he. The, the, I think goat, they called the a squeeze box. <laughs> the goat was not there. Oh, okay, but um, yeah, I do remember that. That was yeah. It's a cool brewery. Uh, I don't. They don't really have a huge distribution outside of Cleveland, but as far as uh, light-bodied pilsners go, this is pretty good. So I would suggest giving it a try if you guys run across it. I got this at Heinen's. Um, first time I've seen it, so I thought I'd pick it up and uh, give it a whirl. What do you guys think?
0: I think it's great. It's a a nice light pilsner, but not. It's you know, light on. uh, You know, it's not terribly filling, but it's it's heavy on taste. It's good on. uh, It's good on taste. a lot lot of flavor.
3: It's it's, uh, flavorful. Yeah. I'm going with the Coca Cola. Coca Cola Zero. That's my choice today. (laughs) (laughs) But just as you know, just to add in, Polka City, uh, and we have a Lake Catholic connection, so we have a. A young lady graduated in 1983 from Lake Catholic. She goes by the stage her stage name is Lynn Marie, Uh and she lives down in Nashville. And she's—I don't know if she's won an Emmy, but she's been nominated several times for her polka music. But so, so if you Google Lynn Marie polka, she'll come up. She's had major albums. I mean, Cleveland has a pretty
2: storied like uh, polka music history. Don't they? It wasn't Frank Yankovic. Uh, Frankie Yankovic. Yeah, He was a, a, a Cleveland polka king. And uh, I mean, I just remember as a kid growing up, going to all my like, mom's side of the family those weddings and like polka music would be playing all the time and you know I had to learn how to polka dance with my aunts and all that stuff so it was uh,
3: it was it was a real
2: hoot I can tell you that I'll be
1: sending your parents an email asking for video footage of that I okay, was a little was. chubbier then so you got a
2: fat little 10 year old kid poking with a bunch of like 70 year old polish it looked
0: like Cedric the Entertainer out there <laughs>
2: yeah yeah so that that uh when i saw the poker city pilsner i, I couldn't pass it up so that's why uh, that's why it's here with us today
0: no, that's good thanks for bringing it awesome shane what, what have you been up to other than sleeping in through the start of the show <laughs> i was a little a little tardy today so we had a late night we got to go see the tribe uh get no hit getting no hits oh, you guys oh, were yeah. down there last night for that yeah, yeah. they got
2: they that's got, twice no. in like the last month isn't it <laughs> Yeah, yeah I,
0: mean, <laughs> I mean, any any pitcher who's starting against the Indians got to be pretty excited right now. <laughs> they got to be shot. salivating.
3: You know, here, here's the thing. You, you guys had to suffer through a rain delay. Yeah,
0: you know, I mean, So you think a rain delay be a
3: nice, could yeah. be a nice exciting game. You know, maybe a walk-off. No, you stayed around for a... Meanwhile, yeah, I've hits. got
0: my six-year-old, nine-year-old with me. So mm-hmm. the only way to keep them, you know, happy through a rain delay is just keep feeding them peanuts and popcorn <laughs> and nachos or... Or whatever, take them to the pro shop, what have you
1: yeah, they, they got the full full deal, they got hats they got <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. so is...
0: finally we get them down there, and uh gosh, it, not only were they not hit, I mean there was just some terrible at bats last night, I mean, just just bad. I mean, I don't know that the pitching was that great, frankly, but it was I mean, we just had some really bad, really bad
3: at-bats. I think it's our pitching held up. Until the last inning,
0: please act oh, yeah, zero, I mean, zero zero yeah. going yeah, into night. He played really well. Yeah, yeah he th- yeah. I mean, he was he, he 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 threw a great game, and then we bring in the closer and Shane's hyping this guy up. He's like, "Wow, this guy's throwing in the hundreds. You know, he's never he's got a 0.0 <laughs> ERA. We can't wait to watch this. And I'm like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." And and we make it through a cold, wet evening with the 69 year old because it's pretty. You know, it's a pretty decent back and forth. It's pretty interesting, and. uh we give up a run on an error, and then he balks, <laughs> and then before you know it, by the time we're at the car, it's 3 nothing, and the game's <laughs> over, so we're like, oh, jeez. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't like
2: the best night. It was probably pretty cold down there, I imagine. Like, it
0: was, but I mean, man, what a great time. Thanks for inviting us, Shane, and uh, that, was, that was pretty awesome.
2: Speaking of stuff um, downtown, Mike and I went last week down to the draft on Friday. We took the boys. That was pretty cool. Um, again, it was kind of like being at an amusement park, though, where like you're waiting in line for an hour for something super awesome and then after it's over like oh that was it and like i just waited an hour and a half for to no. run the 40-yard dash yeah
0: no not only that but it's there's exercise at the end like <laughs> yeah. you have to throw a football <laughs> or shot put or you know you have to run 40 yards and uh kick it.
2: field goals like watching so you could go down on the field yeah. as part and they had experiences that the kids could do and the and adults you know we did yeah. some but one of them was you could kick a field goal like at brown stadium and you you had to wait in line probably for a good half hour, 40 minutes. And we were waiting in line for a different thing where you had to like do an accuracy, like passing competition, like hit these baskets at like different yardages. But we're watching these people attempt to get field goals and, like, I only I really saw probably of, like, the 100 I saw attempted, yeah. maybe, like, two of them went over 10 feet high, you know? A lot of <laughs> well, them were just grounders.
0: Not only that, but...
2: And then some of the people that were doing it, like, you yeah. shouldn't even have been doing it.
0: Not only that, but, like, even the ones that went in were spinning <laughs> vertically. The, yeah, the ball was spinning vertically like a top <laughs> going through the upright, you know, hits the hits the uh, hits the post and then bounces in. Yeah, there was. A and couple, I'm sure, like, a I'm sure that guy is going to be sitting there... All season, what you can't make an extra point. I mean, I, I I kicked a few. I even I
1: kicked one down down,
0: down there in first. They said the stadium. wind's supposed to be
1: that tough on the leg. I didn't I didn't yeah, think so. Meanwhile, he, did, did. he probably made a twenty yarder with <laughs> yeah. nobody rushing you know, on a tee, Off a tee <laughs> with with
0: a ten step drop. <laughs> I mean, the guy's backed up to the to the forty and he yeah. runs
2: in. But it was it was fun. I mean, the boys liked it. I think what was really cool, and I'm sure you guys probably saw, it was on the day two Cleveland's second round pick. Uh, Marty Gibbons, the head coach at Lake Catholic got to announce the pick. And, uh, that was pretty exciting. I thought he did a great job. So Marty, if you're listening, you know, great work. I think that was a great shout out to you and the the program and everything else. So it was very cool. And I love the pick too, being a huge Notre Dame fan. Um, Koromoa I think is gonna be a beast for the Browns and Yeah. I'm glad I'm you pronounced
0: it. it. I don't I don't know how to, but yeah How
2: how how would you like to have been Marty and like that's the guy you got like you're <laughs> yeah. probably already nervous <laughs> oh, about going Lord. up in front of like yeah, ten right. million people to announce someone's name. <laughs> yeah. And then they give you the card, it has like the most not like it's Joe difficult. Smith, right? It was like,
0: <laughs> Ma Fatu Ma Fala. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Well, I was in Florida at like a packed restaurant, and they had the draft on, and I'm like, "Hey, there's Marty. That's awesome." But it was just like closed caption, oh. so it was, I didn't hear the volume, and I'm like, "How did he, how did he get stuck with this guy?" <laughs> I
3: had the yeah. same exact thought. You know, the, the news Herald interviewed him, and the next day, and they, they said on each card there's a pronunciation guide. Oh, That's, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. So. Because some of those names are just Oh, they're tough. Yeah. yeah.
2: They're very tough. I know um, some of the ones that like Vanessa tells me from like students at her school, like I don't I can't even I don't even know how they came up with them. The like the pronunciations or the spellings or they're, you get all different kinds of names these They
0: days. are really starting to explore the space. <laughs> so, not not everybody goes through the Civil War census to find their kids names like I did. Lincoln, Zane and Owen. Zane was a Civil War name?
2: That's oh, what it was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I always, I always wondered where that
0: short for Alexander. Um, oh, gotcha. It's not a family name at all.
3: Zanesville, Ohio.
2: You, you've always been a huge fan of Zanesville, Ohio. No, I'm a
3: big fan, <laughs> big fan. My my son. Had his name we name after. There. we told the kids at one wrestling practice, we told the kids, uh, you know, you get, you get a little jacked during some practices, you know, as a coach even. And, I remember telling the kids my wife was pregnant at the time. Anybody wins a state title, we're naming a baby after you. <laughs> so my son's name is Dan after Dan Ambrosia. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, so, if you if you make a statement like that, like you I have to follow through, through it, with it. With you it. can't, you yeah.
2: can't, you know, just. But coach, we're so glad that you could uh, come out here today and hang out with us a little Thanks. bit. Hey, you know, I was
3: a little nervous. I was a little nervous, well, but then it, I saw... Well, it's not, it's not over yet. So no, right, but, so. but I did see that at one time you had Jerry Simmons out here. So I realized that the bar is pretty low <laughs> and i didn't have to worry too much. It's, you're sitting in the yeah.
0: very seat that, Yeah, that uh, that he... he Nowhere would. to go but up. He
3: was...
2: Um, I'll tell you, Jerry had some pretty... I mean, you, you've known Jerry forever too, but he had some pretty funny stories, stuff that I'd never even heard. Um, stuff that's hard to even believe, I think, <laughs> but... Uh, we had a good time when he was out here. We've had we've been trying to get um, some other guys out, too, that you would know. But it's it's been good. I think this is... Which show is this for us, Shane? 21. It's our 21st episode. So we've been doing it since the fall. Blackjack. Yeah. So it's it's been going well. Coach, you have some, um, some pretty exciting news for you personally. You uh, just recently retired, right? Yeah. From for, for, how many years?
3: 42. 42 wow. years. 42. Yeah. I started in 79, and I spent my first... 18 years at Lake Catholic, and then the last 24 over at Chardon High School. Yeah. That's that's It goes quick fast, though. It really does. Does it? I mean... Yeah. You know, but you get to a point where, you know, I, I, I still love it, still enjoy, but, you know, there's that, that point in which you're going, you still might like it, but are you being useful? You yeah. know, you're being productive. So... I figured I don't know maybe maybe they were ready for me to go ten years ago I don't know yeah. but I, you know just when it felt I felt like it, 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 get out now before you, you, people say you, you need to get out you know so but it, yeah it's been, it, it's it's a good career it's a good life you know I've met a lot of great people and
2: and you spent a ton yeah. of time um, working with you know young student athletes too not only obviously teaching uh, in the classroom but also on the fields and in the wrestling rooms and all that so. What a, I know, you obviously coach wrestling. Yeah. Um, I know that because you were my wrestling coach. Which, <laughs> okay. Um, and right. obviously, you coach. I didn't football. go near near that end of the room, though. No. <laughs> yeah, we were too big and sweaty down at that end. Um,
3: but and you coach football. Where, did you coach other sports too? My first, couple, you know, it was one of those. You know, you're in college and you need, you need that job. You know, you want to get that job. And I remember going in the interview, and uh, you know, I had obviously a football and wrestling background, and and principal was interviewing me said uh, you know we got a uh, softball i coach softball I've, i i know softball i do that. that yeah i've seen a softball game yeah. before yeah so <laughs> a little bigger than baseballs right so my yeah. first yeah. My, of my first couple of years you know if it's gonna help you get the job so my first couple of years i was the head girls softball coach at lake so at lake, lake, lake like,
2: was your first job then right out right right, of, right out, out of school college. yeah Wow. Yeah,
3: so I did that, and then uh, after a couple of years, I was, you know, I was in pretty solid. So I figured, okay, I can drop that, and, and I, I had a good time though. I mean, you know, the kids were great, and uh, Mike Desantis, you know, yeah, was yeah. a long time educator at Lake. Uh, he was my assistant, and uh, yeah, we know we had we had a we had a good time. Had some good teams, and then turned it over to somebody who actually knew the sport, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just yeah just concentrated then on football and. Uh, Tom Bank was the head coach at the time, and then you know John Gibbons, and then uh, you know wrestling came in and was Kerry Volkman's assistant until yeah. he left in '85. It's funny because Tom Tom Bank left, head football coach left in '85, and uh, Kerry left in '85. So uh, John Gibbons became the head coach in '85, and I became the head wrestling coach in '85. So yeah, and I coached there, and then when I went over to the same thing, football and wrestling. Because yeah. it's fun, yeah. It's just how many, how
2: yeah. many. How many guys do you think you've coached in your career, if you were to put a guess oh, on? Oh, wow. And
3: ladies. Yes. And ladies. So, in it's, you know, it's, it's boy, if you're talking all the sports, oh, man, it had to be thousands. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking a football program's got, you know, 50, 80 kids in, depending on you know the year. And then, you know, wrestling, you know, if we averaged all the years together, probably 25, 30 kids a year. Yeah softball for two years yeah <laughs> so 18 yeah. girls you know you know the worst part here's the thing though the, the the best part about football and wrestling that i hated about softball football and wrestling we never had a cut yeah you know and in softball we had the cut that was just right. that's brutal i don't know how some of those coaches do that stuff at, yeah at the programs you see
0: now you know um I think women's wrestling is one of the fastest-growing sports in America. At least it was at one at one point. It probably still is, I would imagine. Are you starting to see that here in Northeast Ohio and Chardon, or I, I believe schools? the state
3: just came out with something about a, a week ago that they came out with. Um, if you're going to have a girls' team, here's the girls' weight classes now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good for the sport. Absolutely. Honestly. In fact, the national has come out with three different sets of weight classes. You know, one's one's a twelve weight weight class, one's a thirteen weight weight classes, and one's fourteen, and they're making the state the state. The state can pick, kind of pick which they which want. yeah, but the state's got to be it's got to be unified, which is going to be interesting. Like so, if, we used to go and and wrestle Erie Cathedral Prep. Yeah. So I think the rule is probably going to be whoever the host team is. So if we go to PA, we're going to have to follow that. Those weights, you need to have a designated hitter or two, and you know, know. I think that like wrestling
2: in general, with the the numbers being down over the last two decades in participation, like I really think that they need to kind of roll back the amount of weight classes that are there. I mean, I think 10 would be sufficient. Um, I know they people talk about not giving everyone enough of an opportunity, but I mean, how many times do you go to a, a dual meet now? where like you just see multiple forfeits, forfeits. and yeah. like that's not good for the sport either yeah. you know so i i don't know if yeah, having 14 weight yeah. classes or even 12 weight classes makes sense based on the total amount of participants what do you think coach what it's it's out? tough
3: you know one you're competing now against other sports there's more sports more sports are year-round Ish. which there's nothing wrong with year-round sports but if you're if you're forced into it, say you got to make a decision. I want to wrestle, but I want to play football, and that football guy's on you, mm-hmm. you know, and you you stop wrestling. That's that's just wrong. But I think there's more opportunities for these kids are playing fall ball, yeah. you know, baseball, and they're everybody's getting their private coaches. You well, know. I know, like
2: my son is a sixth grader,
3: and he he plays baseball, but he just does like
2: rec league baseball. You know, he plays yeah. from June and a little bit of July, but. Almost all of his friends are on tr- these travel baseball teams, and they started fall game, and they probably played like thirty games last fall, and they do workouts all winter, and then they right. come into. I mean, it's just like crazy. Like I don't know about Mark, yeah, and you, you hell, and Shane. Yeah. Like when I you know, when and a like kid in- will tell
3: you that though, your son, not he won't come out and say I want to do this year round, but he'll say, you know, I really like, you know, Johnny's doing this travel, and I think I, you know, I think I'd like to do it. Great, but when a dad says. You know, you used to wrestle last year. You used to wrestle. You wrestled last year, but you're really good in baseball. Maybe we should skip wrestling this year and let's just stay and do baseball. Yeah. Let the kid come up. The the kid will tell you one way or the other whether during those mannerisms where he's just you're dragging him out the door to go to wrestling practice, or if he's still excited about, it, then he's still. Go, don't don't make those choices early. Give right. these kids these opportunities to do multiple sports because that's going to make you better no matter what sports. Anytime you get a chance to compete. You know, I think it's going to make you a better athlete. Going to the batting cage, you're not competing. You know, lifting. You know, weights. That's not competing. Right. You know, let's put you under a clock. You know, put you under pressure where there's a guy on on third with you know two outs and a bat. Don't make a kid give that up because you think he's going to be all American in football. And don't give it up because. His private coach thinks he's going to be a major league baseball or an NFL first round pick, because you're lining his pockets. He's going to say that. It's right. yeah. awesome.
0: I was going to ask you a question about specialization in sports. Way too young about like playing baseball yeah. year round or about having to choose, you know, whatever whatever that sport is. I mean, I think parents today are felt like. Boy, if your kid's not playing soccer all year round, he's not going to be in the pl- Premier League and he's not going to be in this and he's not going to be, you know,
3: <laughs> then it's great. But is he, is he you get him in that Premier League, is he going to be happy? Exactly.
0: That's exactly if right. If he's
3: happy in that Rickling, that's great. What do you want from your kids? I want them to be happy. Yeah. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be safe. You know, I want them to learn things beyond how to kick a, a soccer ball. I yeah. want them to, to know that there's rules he's got to follow. I want to know that there's there's going to be some discipline because he's got, you know, even rec. I gotta I gotta practice at five o'clock, you know. Right. So he's going to have to budget time and things like that. You know, what I mean, I, I think those are the valuable lessons that we got to you know remember. These yeah, that,
0: and you just I, I thought of two more questions to ask you as you were talking about that because <sighs> your your answer surprised me because. One, you know, your legacy of you know creating championship wrestlers and and athletes and everything and and the the, and really more so than that, growing you know responsible young men and women and everything else, you know, precedes you here in this podcast, but also. And even Jim. I mean, and you've me. done a mir- – I, I don't
2: know if he wants to take credit for that, though. No. <laughs> you've done a miraculous
0: job here. <laughs> one, you know, I guess the one thing that it sticks out about me is that when I asked Jim, you know, what stands out to you about Coach Armel and, like, what do you like most about him? He's short.
2: What he said I'm was – taller than him, basically.
0: What he said was it didn't – you know, and I think he, this is probably true. He, he What he didn't say is, boy, he just really – he really brought the best out of me or motivated me or, you know, held me accountable when I didn't, what he said is he's the most positive person I've ever met in, in, in good times and bad times. And that enthusiasm is probably motivating in a lot of different ways.
3: And, and what sports, sports has, came across Sports to me has is, to be a great experience for kids. Because yeah. if, if there's going to be lessons to be learned, you can't, it's hard to, let's take a classroom, all right, and just make it, I can't teach a kid that's coming in that's hungry. I can't teach a kid too much if he hasn't, doesn't know where he's going to sleep at night or there's no heat in the home, those types of things. And just like that, too. You, you can't coach kids like that. But you, you can't take it maybe to, in a different angle to answer your question. You, you can't teach, teach a kid that's not happy to be in that room or on that field, right? So what you have to do as a a coach, you have to find the reason, and a a teacher, you have to find the reason that brings that kid into my classroom or into that. You know, some kids want to belong. For whatever reason, maybe by where they live, there's a lot of acres, there's not a lot of friendships. They want to become part of a a team because they want to have friends. You know, they want to be a part of something. Um, Other kids, they just they're intrigued by it other kids they want the challenge of getting in shape other kids their their dreams of being a high uh, a high school state champ you have to as a coach you have to find out what that kid's reasons for you being have to that. kind of cater to all of them right right but it, but, but and you have to make sure that you're filling that need because part of it you know you' you're there for the kids but you're also there for the parents so your responsibility as a coach is to you're an extension of their of the parent so as a parent, I want my kids to know right from wrong. I want them to know that how to treat others, you know, and how to be respectful and things like that. So you have to teach that as well. So it's 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 a great challenge. I, I just I, yeah, I love the challenge of of those types of things. So and wrestling is just yeah, wrestling, football, sports are just a way of yeah. helping kids grow.
0: The way you just described your responsibilities as a coach. I mean, uh, I mean.
3: You know, there's kids, uh, there's kids that I want heard to be it sta- put Yeah, so well. every yeah. every kid wants to – And and thing is, and we worked, we were good because we worked hard. I I, I really believe that. And I'm, not, uh, by any means, I am not a great tactician. As far as I shouldn't say that. Uh, technically, I'm not as sound as probably a lot of other coaches. Um, but I think we were in better shape. I always felt there's. I always tell the kids there's three ways to beat a kid in wrestling. Said you know you just a better wrestler. Well, what happens if your skill level is equal? Well, then it'd be a better shape than him. Mm-hmm. So we better be in great shape. And then if those two things are equal, what is, it? then you better have a better will, mm-hmm. you know, better will to win. So we always focused our practices on those three things. We got to get better technique. We got to be in great shape and we got to do something that the kids will not be denied winning, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, yeah, we, we push pretty hard. But cuz every kid every kid in that room, no matter what the reason for being there. I want to meet friends, I want to be a part, this is a great, you know, those type of things. I want to be a state champ, right? Everybody's there for different. Every kid in that room wants to be has dreamed about being a state champ. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Every one of them has dreamed about being a state champ. Sure. So if we didn't work hard and we didn't push them to their right to the brink, then I'm not doing my job. Because if we don't work hard, right, you can't become a state champ. Mm-hmm. So no matter what your reason for being there, you, you, you're going to work hard.
2: I think it was like, from my perspective, it was interesting because my freshman year, I went to Kirtland, and then I right. transferred to Lake as a sophomore. And, you know, my so, – the, the wrestling practice well, – walking into practices of uh, my freshman year at Kirtland, like I really didn't say I had any set goals for that season or – and my expectations were probably pretty low. It was like maybe maybe I could qualify for states at some point in high school or something like that. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to finish that season because I ended up getting hurt and whatever. But then the next year, I transferred to Lake. And I don't think I became a better wrestler, like just magically. But the minute I walked into that room, um, I was surrounded by people that literally like their go- only goal was to win a team and individual state championship. And then it kind of opened my eyes like, you know, I'm, I'm working out with these guys every day. Like, why shouldn't that be my goal? Like, you know, and, and just from a change of perspective and a change in mentality, like I, I became a better wrestler. And I still obviously, you know, had a lot of improvements to make. But just by changing my perspective on like what my outlook was, I started beating kids that I was like maybe losing to last the year before. Or barely beating you know just from being surrounded by people that had different goals and it like elevated my whole um, idea of like what could possibly be for me to achieve you know so it it was just that was the biggest impact I had from transferring was just like kind of opened my mind up to like why 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 don't I like dream big you know and why 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 can't I do this stuff yeah and
3: and as coaches let's let's bring
0: Shane in for a second why didn't you dream bigger
1: Well, I was gonna say <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get I didn't get a perspective like that till I went to college and I was around Jim, yeah it is Jim, the room yeah, it's a, by, it's, like it's my the culture school, that the coach creates yeah right? my high school yeah. we didn't you know we didn't have that culture we didn't have that history of success so I didn't I didn't get that till I went to college so I was I was behind you guys when, well that, it's you when know it's, came around it's
2: it's surra- you know if you surround yourself with people that are trying to achieve a common goal uh, it kind of elevates everyone I
0: especially think, yeah. like just happy-go-lucky guys like Brian Malloy <laughs>
3: <laughs> just it's hard to going. keep him focused <laughs> <laughs> that just couldn't keep focus yeah. <laughs> all, yeah
2: I mean you probably over all the you know careers of coaching and even like the the time that I spent with you coach at Lake I'm sure you've probably run across some just like some all kinds of people just some unusual some, yeah some some yeah, crazy unique kids crazy yeah. unique dudes. but you
3: know think about that I mean like you know, like you and and, and Brian Friedo. You, I mean, you, you you had Charlie Becks, and you had a nice group to work with. You know, with Malloy, it was Malloy and Brojack, Haverdell. I mean, they were Steinmetz, They were all that was their their drill group. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, you know,
0: I imagine
2: Steinmetz in that group as a ball of yarn.
3: <laughs>
0: They're just, just like, a little <laughs> cat. cat <laughs> being around.
3: Well, you I know, just they...
2: remember like the when um, Danny and Brojack was like one of your gym aides. And he would, like, take Steinmetz. Because I think at one point you would teach, like, badminton or something. And, like, all the badminton rackets, Armel would keep in, like, a shopping cart. He somehow had a shopping cart, like, in a gym. So, like, Ambrosek would... Times were tough. Well, Steinmetz would come in for his gym class. And Dan was, like, the gym aide for that. And Dan used to just...
3: He said, "Coach, I, I, I'm going to show. I'll show Brandon a couple things in the wrestling room and stuff. <laughs> you know, He'd say, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's Fiz yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So at one point, I, I looked back and." <laughs> He's got, he made Brandon take all the rackets out of the shopping cart, and he made Brandon get in the shopping cart, and he was just running at full speed and smashing it into the wall with Brandon in it. And every time he did it, he kept making Brandon say, thank you, sir, may I have another? And he must have done it 20 times. <laughs> just, like, torturous. The mental torture that Danny used to do on Brandon was out of control.
0: I think is, um, now's probably yeah. a good time to talk about the place of hazing in sports. <laughs> I guess the other the other thing I was going to ask, um, and we we talked about some great stuff, but you you mentioned you know the importance of not specializing, but I've I've often told people I'm not sure that football made me a better wrestler, yeah. but I know for a fact that wrestling made me a better football player, and frankly probably a better everything else. I mean, is there are there some success stories of you talking co- coaxing a kid from? you know baseball into wrestling or football into wrestling to say hey you know i think your footwork or your handwork would probably be you know i mean there's so many things after a while i got
3: i i stepped down from the varsity and went and asked john gibbons i said i'll be your freshman coach you know and so you know i did freshman <laughs> yeah. football and uh we'd always try you know always telling the kids you know wrestling would help you it's going to help you you know your hand placement your foot you know stuff like that but you know who didn't come out till like his junior year was a kid by the name of Jesse Ackerman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, you know went to you know, Carroll and now that. he's well, he's strength he, coach, he, he right? Strength coach with the Still Atlanta waiting Falcons tickets to the Falcons. Yeah, but, uh, if you're listening, Jesse. Yeah, we should get Jesse on. Jesse yeah. is you know because they they got rid of the head coach and the right. new, new guys bringing everybody in. You know, yeah, so right. he's going to bring his own strength guy and you know all his coaches and stuff. Have like that. Have you talked but, to
2: Jesse at all recently?
3: Yeah, I called about. Two three weeks ago, yeah, he's got a little. His yeah, wife I saw. that he had yeah, a baby. DC. That's awesome. Yeah, DC is the baby.
2: He's another guy like Mike was talking about. You know, I'd mentioned to Mike how, how positive you are is just is your personality. Jesse's another guy that like when I, when I do see him and it's maybe every year or two, he's always just super positive. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's got a great spirit about him and a great kind of aura that I love being around because he's just you know he's so amped up to like, like do, he's do he's things. he's
3: big into the process. Yeah. Yeah, just to be, you know, just invest yourself in the process. Yeah, it's one of those guys. Every yeah. time you see him, you're like, I-, I could hang out with this guy every single day. Yeah, like
1: you just you know makes you have you a lot of energy. Yeah, it's a lot of energy, which is,
2: I mean, especially in that kind of position, I think it's something that you have to have. So, coach, um, you know, we talked a little bit about your your career and teaching and coaching and all that, but since um, I know in the last couple of years you've really devoted a lot of time and effort to something else. It's a foundation that you've started, um, and it kind of stems from the experience an experience you had at chardon um, when the the school shooting was there in ninety or excuse me 2012 um i don't know if you wanted to maybe tell us a little bit about what you're doing and maybe give a little bit of a bit of background on um you know where this where it came from and your experience with that and uh you know we'd like to support this as much as we can hopefully you can kind of help spread the word too
3: yeah um yeah two, obviously february 27 2012 was uh you know just a horrible tragic day and uh you know, for Sharden community and obviously our school. You know, we lost uh, Danny and Demetrius and, and Russell uh, through a school shooting, and, and as well as you know, uh, Joy and Nick and Nathan. Uh, you know, were wounded, and um, you know it happened. You know, just after homeroom, and uh, obviously it changed that community. You know, forever. You know, and those and the kids that were in the school, and you know their extended families and things like that, and. Uh, you know, it hits pretty hard and it's, it's hard to witness and hard to see and, um, but as you start evolving and coming out and recovering, um, you know, part of it, part of our, um, I don't say recovery, but part of that process, uh, you, you you do, you, you get very angry about what happened. And, um, you know, like anything. And I alluded to it before you, you, you say, okay, there's something really bad happened. You know, how do we rally the troops? How do we make things better? You know, not necessarily even better for us, but better. So things like this doesn't don't happen. Well, we were fortunate that day to have a man by the name of Frank Hall, Coach Hall. Um, you know, things could have been a lot worse. He actually chased the, you know, the gunmen out of the, out of the building. And, um, probably prevented a lot of other, you know, injuries and maybe deaths. And uh, so we, we have a foundation called the Coach Hall Foundation, of which obviously Coach Hall, um, you know, spearheads this, uh, along with myself, uh, Mr. Andy Fetchik, who was the principal at the time, Mr. Doug Snyder, um, who was the athletic director at the time. He, did, uh, he was on the phone quite a bit with uh, the 911 operators. And uh, we have uh, Mr. Tom Connick, who's three sons, wrestled um you know at chardon and and uh all three of them i think two of the three were carol grads one played football and one wrestled
2: it was john right
1: john yeah yeah, yeah, john, yeah john,
3: john yeah the oldest and then mike just graduated he played football and then they have another son joe um and you know it, it's funny yeah, i shouldn't say funny but um and we were talking you know before the broadcast that uh um John was, uh, it was the week of the state tournament that happened. Yeah, yeah. And uh, John, who had made the state tournament the year before, was eliminated the districts this year. So he was not going to go to the state tournament. You know, he was eliminated. And um, he started every morning, first period, in the cafeteria where the shooting occurred. And because he had been eliminated, he asked mom and dad said hey you know i'm gonna you know get get a quick breakfast before i go in i'm gonna gonna go in late not go to study and they said you know great that's fine go yeah. ahead so he you know fortunately he wasn't wow. uh, he yeah. wasn't present you know at the time so um so anyhow be, 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 as we we started evolving and coming out we decided we got to do something because if this happened to us it's going to happen obviously it did happen you know it happened to columbine you know and we decided um Form this foundation, and the whole idea is what can we do to keep kids safe? You know, what can we do to make sure that these kids go home happy every day to their parents? Right. You know, so, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of different things, uh, you know, to make that, that, that happen. And uh, so we're doing some things legislative. We, we, we helped a House bill a couple of years ago that defined um, what a school resource officer is a lot of a lot of schools were hiring, you know, you know, Mr. so and so and he's going to be our school resource officer and he has no training. Yeah. You know, no training. So so what, yeah. so
2: how would you define like now after getting this bill passed like what is the definitive um, So they they have to
3: resource. be a sworn a, a, a school resource officer mm-hmm. has to be a sworn law enforcement officer in, in our state. Whether okay. it be a sheriff, a, a deputy, uh, city police he's he's a sworn law enforcement officer and prior State. to that
2: it could have just been
3: any anybody right it, it could, really. you could have hired private security you could have just hired a dad yeah, yeah. you know and things like that and said you know you, and whatever requirements the school wanted you have your concealed and carry you know that type of thing yeah um, there was no requirement so but then to be a school resource officer, that law enforcement officer has to do certain amount of training for it you know there's things about um, know the difference between school law and your city law sure because there's different you know different things how to apply things Um, they have to make sure that what's a school problem doesn't necessarily mean their prop just because somebody in my class calls me a name as a teacher doesn't mean that he has to get in, involved in it right right so there's a difference so they have to know when they have to they have to learn how to build relationships with kids sure you know because it, it, you know if if they feel comfortable having a police officer in the building they know something's going to happen and most times kids know before the adults know if they're you know hey you know we have a guy that can protect me let let me go and tell them, yeah. You know, and it could be not so much that kid's going to harm somebody else, but you know, little Johnny's going to harm himself. And sure. now they they have another resource to go. They, they we need more trusted adults, and the, and the key word is trusted. Yeah, we, we don't need just more adults. We need right. more trusted adults in buildings, and um, so they they do that. They have to know they 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 get uh, uh, training on how a, a, a young adult's mind differs. From an adult, you know, at, at at 15 years old, you tell a kid like, "Hey, I'll, you know, I'll give, you, I'll buy you a, a candy, bar. or I bet you ten dollars, you, you can't jump off that roof onto that tree or onto that trampoline, right?" And they're gonna they're like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it." Which right? one? Which one are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, but most. Most adults, <laughs> yeah. you tell them, most, most adults, most. thank you for qualifying. <laughs> most adults, <laughs> you say that, they're going, right, no, crazy. because we will say, wait a minute, I got a family, I got yeah. responsibilities, I got to work. You, you know have some perspective. But, like, but our, our, you know, as as when we were all young, we, yeah, well, yeah, I'll do that. Sure. You know, so they have to know the development of of a kid's mind. So the training goes in that for the SROs. You know, we've gone to speak to parent groups and things like that. We've um, shared time with you know, people from Sandy Hook and, and Columbine and things like that, and shared ideas from Virginia Tech. Um, so we're just trying to promote school safety. Now we're we're getting a little bit more into uh, mental health. Yeah. You know, and uh, how we can kids. You know, this pandemic. You know, it's it's a big concern. And obviously, kids that perform these types of acts, obviously there there's there's a mental health concern there. I mean, right. there's a there's a reason why. You know, so. So as opposed,
2: I'm mean, not opposed yeah. to just um, stopping the act, but preventing the act from ever becoming absolutely. You know, that's right. kind of the source yeah. of the yeah. issue or the. Yeah. You know,
3: so you know, we're, we're doing things to like uh, you know, what can we do as a building? Then so, I don't think you can prevent these things from happening 100. percent. You know, it's just like being in a wrestling match or a football game or things like that. What can we do to prevent the other our opponent from scoring? What can we do from him scoring a touchdown or, you know, getting a takedown. So you you work hard, but eventually it's going to happen. So how are we going to react to that? Right. Right. So, you know, but you, the more you can prevent, you know, you, the harder, the more roadblocks you put up for somebody that wants to do harm and make it harder on them, they, maybe something doesn't happen. Or we delay it happening. Or... It's not as bad as it would be. You know, we, we, we make it easier for the good guys to get there. So, you know, like building codes could be a thing. Yeah. You know, and, and they should be, you know, w- w- better entrance ways. You know? Is there um, a
2: specific, um, I know you had talked about, you know, working with the schools to have like a a common, um, uh, whatever, a common trait for a, uh, like a security officer at the school. Is there certain, something currently now that you're kind of working at to implement in schools specifically or
3: not yet so what we're trying to do now is just find out how how buildings are designed Mm -hmm. you know because it's hard to make a suggestion on how to improve if you don't know how it's done right so but like here's a simple thing like i i you know and just talking to law enforcement just getting a lot of ideas from other people rounded corners help Police officers immensely in a building, just whether to, it be a just corporate building. Right, them. they're not. Yeah, it's not that right angle. They they'd rather have rounded corners. Yeah, um, just your door locks. You know, door locks can be changed. Um, windows, so you you can have the best door lock. And I'm looking at the the door behind us, and um,
2: I, I'm pretty sure that's not the best one you can get. But <laughs> that might that's be fine. a great
3: door lock, right? <laughs> might be the best and. But what about, but all you gotta do is bust the window to get inside and unlock it, right? So mm-hmm. now what kind of windows, or not even so, what kind of windows, but where's the window placed on that door? So if I bust the window, can I reach in? Is that window far enough away from the door? Right. You Things know? that you
2: normally probably would never even think about. Yeah,
3: so there's actually a guy in um, New York. He's uh, it's school guard, school guard glass and we uh, were just ready to go out when the pandemic hit so we've kind of put that on hold but you know we're going to talk to him about door design and things like that and door locks and what
2: do you yeah. think about um, are like metal detectors is that something that you think is uh, would be beneficial for schools to have or you know I know that's been something that's been talked about for years yeah. kind of you know it's,
3: it's a fine line so number one there's a huge cost right you know and, and like anything cost in school people don't like spending a lot of tax money to put in schools especially when it, it, it's hard because it's hard to see the return on that investment right, right. even though we're putting kids we're graduating and, and those types of things are, we're getting skills it, it's hard it, so levies are just they're just typically hard to, to pass so um but given that again it is a tool um, how much cost did you get? Like Shard, we probably have twenty doors. There's twenty different ways to get into that school. Yeah. So what kind of cost is that? Then now you get to that that mental part about how's that feel? Kid feel coming into that building? Right. Is, is it, a, feels- does it come like like a prison? Sure. Like oh my gosh, you know. So and again, we're there to educate these kids, and part of the if you want a kid to, to learn, you got to have his attitude. You know, you can you, you have to change attitude before you change behavior. You know, and th- that just puts us in a in a bad spot. Some school's in a bad spot to get these kids excited about learning when they're going in, going feeling kind of nervous, like right, what's going to happen? Oh, man, what's going to yeah? Why do I have to have metal detectors? Right, here? yeah, it's it's very unusual. So, um, I I think we got to do a better job of just letting kids know that it's okay. to sell somebody else that I'm I'm a little worried about Jimmy or Johnny or Joey. You know, or Mary or Susie. Yeah. You know, tell you know those struts it out. So you got to. It's more. I think you got to do a better job of build, about building relationships between people, especially between adults and students and things like that. So, yeah, there's there's just a number of things that that can be done school wise. But if you do it in a design phase, then it's a lot easier to, to you know. Than trying to retrofit. Yeah. The existing but there schools. are things that you can do to to retrofit. You know yeah. to you know door locks and and windows and things like that. You know. Um, but so you got to be always be mindful of that that cost and things like that. So, yeah. So we're we're trying to do a lot of a lot of things that will help uh, kids be safe, and uh, just and everybody be more aware of what's going on around them. Yeah. Now is is Coach Hall still teaching? Coach Hall is still at Chardon High School. Is yeah. He? Okay. Yeah, and he's our he's our offense coordinator for the football team. Yeah. yeah, speaking yeah.
2: of which, you guys won a state title last year. That was pretty exciting. Double overtime. I watched the game on TV. Unbelievable. We, I took my son to the uh, Kirtland game like that afternoon. Yeah. And we got home, and uh, then we watched the Sharon game that night, and it was cool because I'm, I've got to know Ed Ash pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Through Tommy Bernat. and uh, to see his, I think his nephew play. Right. Um, that was pretty pretty wild. And I know his, his his younger brothers a little bit because the twins. Yeah who I think the one, yeah. the one is the dad of the kid that played this year. But, um, yeah, that, that was neat to see. And then th- it, was, it was cool for the Ash family, too, because obviously it was Kevin's son that was on this year's team. or Yeah, and he, and he won a and state he title. And he won a state title the last yeah. time Chardon won it, and then his yeah. son won it. So that, that was neat. Yeah. So I, was, I got to talk to Ed after the game, and, you know, they were all pretty pumped, and it was cool. And then we got to go down, and then my son and I went down the next day to watch Lake play. Um, so we were running back and forth, oh. you know, to, to Massillon. But, uh, man, that, you know, they, they had it. And kinda... what a, but,
3: you know, here's the thing, too. What a better way to connect with your kids. What a better way for kids to learn a lot of different things than to be involved in sports and activities. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, you look at most of these kids that do these terrible things at these schools. They're not involved. Right. You know, they're isolating themselves for one reason or another, but they're not involved in things. You know, so and, and I hate when they say it's extracurricular. It's not extra. I think it's a needed curriculum. The kids, these things, and the first thing that goes when the tax money is they, well, we got to cut out sports. Right. I, you just think that's it's just doing these kids such an injustice.
2: Yeah, because not all the learning that you get in high school is strictly in a classroom. You, I know. Mean, you know that more than anyone. And
3: and, and some of the, your best relationships that you carry on for the rest of your life, as you guys are just attest to, ha- happened on a field, on a mat, on on a stage. Right. You know, and things like that. Those are the ones because, yeah, you, you learn how to develop those relationships where kids that are just aren't sometimes they disconnect and they don't get those relationships and they, they don't have in a way of, of there's no outlet for that.
2: And I think a lot of those relationships, too, are built through struggle. You know, like as, as these guys know, like we, we didn't always have uh, the easiest go of things, you know, on the mat. And, but as a group together, you have other people there to help kind of pick you up when you're down. And then you're all kind of struggling at together. the same time together, and that yeah. builds that bond. Right. That,
3: um, so when you're you have a kid that's not involved in sports and he's struggling, you know, and he's alone, he's got no one to share it with, right? You know, or no one to say, oh, you know, I'm he's no going through pick, the same thing. You know, right. no one's going to pick yeah, him up. I know up what and, you're going right. Exactly. And, hey, like yeah. it's it's okay, man. Like mm-hmm. we're we're all here
2: together yeah. for you, and we're a team and a family, and that, that's yeah. that's the beauty of it. Like you said, with you know, athletic events, and even wrestling being kind of a, you know, it's an individual sport, obviously, but I don't think I've, you know, remained as close with any other friends of mine um, than other guys that I wrestled with, you know, because it's not an easy sport. I think, you know, we can agree on that, and, you know, all the difficult things that you go through, you kind of go through together. Um, And I'm sure Mike, you know, having been in the military and being deployed so many times, um, it's probably similar because you develop a camaraderie, that you can't really get anywhere else when you're dealing with things like that. You know? Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. I call it the uh, Scarlet E, the uh, Ironclad Link of Mutual Endeavor. Yeah, you know, and it's those th- those are the ties that bind. And it, what's really stands out to me, and I wrote it down here on my little uh, Warren Pump and Supply Company uh, notepad. I think here. I think they're, I think they got they're so a sponsor much free maybe. promotion <laughs> it's a well drilling supply. <laughs> <And then laughs> out out of these hard times comes this uh, comes activism. You know this this yeah. you know really. Tied the uh, community together and uh, what's what's good about it is that we did, you know, you're not, you, no one's okay with this and that out of this is is going to come this grassroots activism that that hopefully we uh, w- we change this culture. And, you know, every, this infuriates everyone, but not everyone is taking actions to do something about it. And I think um, I remember as a, I was a young kid and uh, when I heard about Columbine for the first time I was riding in the car with my dad on the radio and I was just furious about it. Yeah. What I mean, what right do these kids have to go and do this? Why? Why would they do something like this? And um, and this type of activism, you know, hits home and is important. So I, I guess I would ask, like, you know, what could what could our listeners do? You know, the five of them that are that are tuned in. Um, <laughs> what what can they do? It's a foundation. So I'm 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 assuming that there's some you know um is there a monetary uh gift that could that could help this is there something they could do in their own communities that could push this along how how can we help this foundation you know
3: i i think number one like our foundation we're not you know we're not as as big as like sandy hook promise and things like that you know we we try to do things a lot of our things are just legislative you know so we can we can build better buildings and, uh, things like that. I I think the biggest thing that I, I, I would extend to people to do is get involved, Mm -hmm. you know, just be involved. You don't, you don't have to be involved in the Coach Hall Foundation or Sandy Hook Promise or anything like that. You, you have to be involved with your schools, you know, and, uh, find a way of getting kids involved in different activities, um, making sure you know what's, going on in your kids' lives. It's 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 obviously it's a lot different. I'm 100 years old and you know it's a lot different than when I went to school. You know, these phones cell phones are a great tool, you know. Um, and it, you're in the military, right? So there was a certain amount of training that you had to do in order to have a weapon mm-hmm. and how to handle it and how to clean it and things awesome. like that. Phones can be as lethal sometimes as as guns. Yeah, sure, but yeah. we don't treat teach kids how to use them. Right. Kid turns a certain age, can I get a cell phone? And you go, Yeah, here. Right. And and with, there's no training. There's no. This is how you use it responsibly. This is the damage that you can do. So <laughs> it, again, back in the days, you know, when when I was in school and we had books on stone tablets, um, <laughs> if a kid was getting teased or picked on or bullied, um, it was in the, it was that moment. And when that moment was done, when that class changed, was like that, that, for the most, I don't say, and I'm not condoning it at that time. I'm not saying it was right. It, it, it's wrong. It's still it's wrong, no matter what. But the kid had relief, you know, when that class ended or school ended, things like that. With a phone, that bullying's 24/7. You can't get away with it, man. and it's bigger because someone else gets your tweet or whatever, yeah, right. and they they run into you and say, "Hey, I heard about you on." Right. and it's and it's never ending and it can go on in the middle of the night and 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 it's 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 tough it's tough for kids you know so we have to be more responsible as parents of what goes on on our kids technology you mm-hmm. know who they email and who they're you know their tweet- you know and all that yeah that's media I mean, those, those we types of media stuff you
2: know kids that are right. of that age now and it, it's it is a little bit of a struggle just trying to be diligent about making sure. Okay, you can use your technology this amount, you know, per day, um, and then put making sure you're putting on the proper, you know, blocks, and so they can't get onto things that yeah. they shouldn't be getting onto, or you know,
3: at night. and the thing is, it doesn't mean that they won't, right? But at least they know that we're which, checking and and, were, and, and, and well, you care, yeah, and you care. That, I think that's the big thing. Kids, a lot of times, kids do these things and i don't say for attention but they need some kind of reinforcement everybody needs some kind of reinforcement so if they're not getting good reinforcement they'll search out bad reinforcement they'll do something bad just so they get punished so just so i get some attention so someone recognizes me for something we have to recognize it so when you do something with your kids saying hey i'm gonna put a block on this you know they need to know why you know because there's things out there i don't want you I, i care enough about you i'm worried you know about things that can influence you and and harm you and things like that and that there's and not that that's saying enough and they'll never do it but even if they go to a place you know on a phone or something that they should they know that there's somebody in that house that cares about them right you know and the chances of them you know doing something bad or are, are a lot less you know so yeah we have to reinforce so takes a village right
2: but yeah, but I think you you know you made a good point when like Mike had asked you know what what can we do what can our listeners do to try to support the cause and uh, you know probably one of the things where it starts is just just making sure you're you're talking to your kids you yeah, know I mean right. be involved in their life yeah and know you know what they're involved yeah. in and because that's even hard you know I'll I'll find myself sometimes where I'll be at home and you know something will pop up on my phone then next thing you know it's like I've just spent 20 minutes just like looking at probably pointless stuff on my phone for the most part you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, my kids are, like, sitting there, and I look up, and, like, they're on their phones, too. I'm like, this isn't good. And, like, so every once in a while, we'll, get, we'll have a situation where, like, Vanessa and I will just kind of look at each other, like, all right, like, no technology today for anybody, you yeah. know, because because it, it's easy to kind of fall down that rabbit hole sometimes. Um, and I can see it, and I'm sure you guys see it, too, like, with the kids, like, that are starting to be teenagers and that, where, it, like, if it's not monitored and you don't, like, set down some some basic guidelines, like... They would just be on it
3: all the time. It's it's funny because it's it's not a generational thing. It just doesn't happen in this generation. So and, and again, you know, I'm a thousand years old. Um, my parents had the same concern when I was little, but it was TV, right right, right, right. So you know, when I was little, it was just it was only black and white. The TV. idiot box. That's what and, my grandmother used to call it the idiot. <laughs> right. box. Right. So there was a certain time like it was easy for. You know there was kids in our neighborhood that you never saw because they came over to school and their parents just let them sit in front of the tv the whole time and they, you know there's no interaction where you know, my parents is like you're only going to watch tv at this time yeah get outside and, and play it was the same thing with with phones yeah you got to be able to put it down and they knew what programs we were watching and yeah so what do you
2: think it was yeah. when like your parents were kids that their parents like your great-grandparents were saying like you can't do this it's gonna like, fry your brain like the, the record player well, I'm just wondering
3: because I feel like, I feel like every a, generation has something. It's a Vitrola. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I remember.
0: Little, little orphan Annie was pretty racy back in the day. I mean, that was wow. I mean, like, she Hardy, doesn't yeah. have parents. Yeah, Are Laurel you kidding Hardy. me? You're going to listening to this kid for yeah. for life lessons? This kid's an orphan. Yeah. I'm crying out loud. Well, yeah. that
2: that's awesome, yeah. Coach. I'm uh, I'm glad that you know you're still fighting the good fight and doing it's, what you can. I know, like you've been always good. been a very motivated guy, and I know even though you retired from your teaching and coaching position recently. I know there's, you know, this is something's always driving you. I feel to kind of do good and give back to the community and to, to others and help others because you've, you've been a man of service for most of your life. And, uh,
3: you know, you know, here's the thing, you know, and, and and again, this is, it's, it's, this is why it's so important to be involved in your kid's life. My parents were always service oriented. Always. So my mom, obviously, she she was stay-at-home a mom, as was probably ninety percent of the, the parents. And um, you know, my dad was in Knights of Columbus. He was he was a volunteer uh, coach. He was president of the boosters when you know when I was in high school. And uh, you know, my mom was always doing things to help him and those causes and things like that. So everything that they did, that you know, un- I don't say unintentionally, but. We just we were observing it on a daily basis. My parents doing things for other people, so it's it's unusual. I don't say unusual, but it's um, unbelievable. So I have five siblings. We're all in service industries because of our parents, you know, and, and just the example that they showed. I well, mean, Dad it. was a sheet metal worker. I mean, that's
2: know? an you know another thing like we were talking about. Just making sure you're you're talking to your kids. Also, like be be a role model for your kids. Like what. Right. what they see you doing yeah. um you know like my dad is probably one of my biggest role models you know and i wouldn't say that you know and it wasn't because we would sit down and he would constantly tell me life lessons but it was just by, he showed you life by watching yeah. him you right know? how do
3: you treat your mom how do you treat your neighbors how do you, you know well, talk i did, to I did people see him punch phone. a hole in the door once when they, <laughs> but we don't that's a whole different it was probably episode. your fault <laughs> it though. probably was my fault yeah.
2: but uh, yeah i mean i think you know just being being a good role model is probably one of the best things and that have parents. that up
3: front. yeah and, at some time and, and again, I think that's part of, I don't say societal problems, but sometimes <clears throat> we as parents or people as parents or other people, they put themselves first before their kids or their their job and things like that and we, we got to fix that. Yeah. you know we, we have to be for other people first before we were for ourselves. and I, I think that's the way most of our, our parents were. You know, I think that's, you know, helped us become productive people because of the type of people and the example that they set. They just didn't say something. They lived it. You know, they lived the way that they wanted us to live. Yeah, you just said that perfectly. I
1: mean, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, and, and a lot of that, we got that instilled us at John Carroll, you know, the Jesuit, men and women for others. Um. Yeah, there's I'm with you. There's so much people just I see things, you know, you see news stories or whatever and it's just like, I mean, that person's just thinking of themselves like. Yeah. You need to put other people out of yourself, right. you know.
3: I mean, most most things that people do wrong is out of because they're selfish. You know, it's like you get so angry at somebody that you got to punch them. That's because you think that your frustration is is more important than their safety? It's a selfish act. Yeah, you know most most crimes are like you, people that steal something. I, I want that. I don't care who who would own who owns it. I want it. It's it's a, most things are because so we have to become more selfless. Right, you know, do things for other people and yeah, things will be better. So, gosh, well, I yeah, think you've
2: yeah. done uh, done quite a few of those things over over your career. We try. You course, know, so.
3: thank my mom and my dad.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you played a big role in my life from, uh, you know, just being a part of your program and it kind of changed, uh, you know, my, I don't know if it changed you, but it kind of shaped me in a way that I think has really helped me to be productive and, you know, be a good friend, be a good husband, be a good father. And
3: I, and I think part of that, again, I'm going to throw it back and I appreciate the, 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 the words, but I, I throw it back. I'd have to thank your parents because they trusted me enough, right? And And as a coach, I that trust is important. You know, I can't overlook that, you know, when parents have their kids in my program, that that's it's, it's an well, uh, unbelievable responsibility. So for allow, allow them to do that, then part of me says I have to do what they think, how they want Jim raised.
2: Well, you had mentioned before how, like, as a coach, you're basically kind of an extension of their family. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and yeah. a lot of times, you know, once you get to high school level, often, you know, I would say it's not crazy... To make the statement that those kids end up spending more time with you than their parents, you know, right. most most days, you know, where yeah, three hours after school, so you, you both play, parents yeah. work in, yeah. sure, you play a huge role. Um, yeah. I mean, coaches play a huge role in that. So yeah, being be that extension, yeah,
0: I think we'd all agree diamonds is the one that
3: got away. You know, it's well, just, you, you, I know, mean, you can't win, you can't
0: win them all. You can't win them all, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
3: Brandon. What a guy, you know. I, you know, here's here's the Brandon. So we had uh, Brandon. You know, was supposed to be. As a junior he was a, he sucked down to 119 I mean he sucked hard you know I'm just like Brandon I I, I was I, I wasn't going to let him I know I told him I said you, you, you can't do it and uh, his dad came in to talk said give him let him do it and if I didn't have his dad blessing he would have been 125 right. right 125 was Todd Haverdill, his state championship year so we got him down to 119 and just he couldn't hold it so I said I told his dad that's enough's enough and we bumped him up to 30. -hmm. You know, and he just was, he he probably, they probably weren't happy with me. And, uh, but he ended up placing at state as a junior at 130. Right. You know, two weight classes up from what he certified. It's, and and then
2: he didn't have to come, you listen to him complain as much and like mope around for. He was a worker.
3: All you guys were workers, man. You know, just (laughs) some days I, it was like, I don't know if we worked them hard enough. You know, it just, I you feel like most days hard. you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I you're, know, you're pretty good. I don't know. they running
2: just, those Sullivan's, and then like, so this is what armel would do. We do like they were basically line drills, like sprints at the end. All right,
3: wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Let me ask you this <laughs> yeah. first. I'll ask you guys. How do you get better at something? Repetition. Yeah, do it. Repetition
0: and then increase effort over and over and over. Hard work. <laughs> yep. Okay, go ahead with your
2: story. <laughs> So we would do these line drills and, you know, it would like the, the mats were kind of perpendicular to the way we were running. So you'd run to the one end of mat back and, you know, and come back down and he would always time them. And if you didn't get it on the time that he just would make up for that day, <laughs> you would have to do another one. But, and you know, and it, it just kind of came down and I don't think he was ever timing anything. <laughs> yeah, never, it was just never like never a, a clock. A, ready, ever. <laughs> that, like, and if he thought we needed to run another one, it'd be like. No, you didn't get that one. Like I don't, there were sometimes we never even knew the number. Well,
3: it was, here's the thing, though: it was the whole group had yeah, to do it. It wasn't like it wasn't just you know, if, if the you missed make, it, like, right? If the heavyweight missed it, missed it right. then the heavyweight ran. If the heavyweight, that whole group, and we we did it by weight class. So that, that's right, you know
0: that poor heavyweight was yeah. to
3: blame for <laughs> the top athlete you know? not
0: getting his in that day. Right? But
3: you had to be able to think. the, the whole process was: you guys better help him. Get across in the time allotted, you know. And what we usually did was the first two or three that we did, we would time them. Coach Holing would like time, and you know, I'd say what was the, you know like the worst time for that group, and that we we inch it up a couple, right? You know, and then we'd say that's the one you got to make now.
2: I'm not you saying know? it was a bad yeah. idea. I'm just saying they they,
3: they sucked. <laughs> I just thought I thought the one you were going to say though is if you won, if you won oh. a Sullivan. You were the one at the when it was all when we were finally done. If you won yours, you get to do another one at the end. So you, you, well instead of being that. the loser, you would say, "Loser, you got to do another." Well, well, wait, wait a minute. You know, it, it got to yeah. reward That's the hard work is effort. So you know, kids had detentions. You know, they're half hour late. I, you know, a lot of coaches will say, "Well, you're you had a detention, so you're staying after practice. You're going to do it." I'm like no way. There's no one because he you were a goofball. You're going to make me stay another half hour after practice to work you hard to make you better through hard work. Wait a minute, hard work is a is a that's the make reward. you better. So right. if you get a detention, when you come in from that detention, you have to sit for another half hour. You're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to get better. You're not allowed to get better.
2: And that's a, he also used yeah. to do like a, so we would the drilling sessions were usually pretty rigorous and long. So he would typically like at the end of the practice, you know, he'd say, you know, Malloy and Ambrosak, you guys. You know, drilled the hardest day. You were the yep. drill partners of the day, which Dan Ambrose probably was never a drill partner of the day because he did not like to drill at all. But, <laughs> but like if you were the one the drill partner of the day, then you got to do like three extra Sullivans at the end of practice. Yeah, you got more work. <laughs> you you got better. Yeah. So yeah, and it was. I mean, and the, the funny thing is too. Like then when I like started coaching, um, I, I I would do the same stuff. You know, like yeah. literally because it was uh, it was what. And it, I mean, once you get that mentality in your head that like I'm here. And the hard work is good, yeah. like that's why we're here. Like we it, want to
3: get better, you yeah. know. And yeah. if you if you're in business and you put in extra time to get you know to your quota or whatever like that, right? A lot of a lot of companies will give you a bonus for that, right? They don't, don't <laughs> they don't give a bonus. They don't give a bonus that guy comes in a half hour late every day or you know he's you know right. it, it just doesn't work. There's got to be a reward for your hard work. Yeah. And it, it, in wrestling. Hard work makes you better, so that your that your reward is going to be hard work, which hopefully then is victories.
2: Yep, and I think it uh, you know like the the mentality of that room at least when I was there was uh, was of that where everyone kind of yeah. bought into that, and I think that's kind of why we had yeah. a lot of the successes that we did. So
3: we you know it was just good. Good kids and good families, great support all the way around. You know, administrative, with the girls that did the, yeah. you know, Matt. It just it was, it was a good, it was a good unit. It was a good community.
2: Well, I think uh, it kind of wraps it up, except for I don't know if you've listened to any of our podcasts before, but at the end of when we have a guest, I, I kind of hope not. <laughs> there's uh, there's five questions for the guest okay so the way it's set up basically is we'll give you the questions okay and you'll read them but we're gonna answer these questions to the best of our ability what we think the answer is you'll you, you feel free to correct us and give us okay. give us the real answer okay but uh, is we're just gonna, gonna
3: be like Pythagorean theorem or no, anything like no, that or? I think there's no math like we made there's <laughs> okay. no math, in any no, of math. no math no okay. math no spelling so here it is I,
2: I wrote them up pre
3: I gotta get my glasses <laughs>
2: and just um just read one at a time don't read ahead because you need to be as surprised about these as. oh okay
3: all right so so my my first question is i've had a i've had a storied coaching career but what is my great greatest personal athletic achievement oh my personal great okay um, Wait, but
1: you're, we're just going to answer what what we think the answer is, and okay. then we may let you tell us what the answer is, or okay. we may just go All on to okay. the next one.
2: Um, Shane, why don't you go ahead and and, get, and start?
1: Um, I'm going to say greatest personal athletic achievement is that you you ran hmm, you ran a mile back in the day under six minutes. Mike, interesting.
0: I'm going to say that he uh, tech-followed Pete Cimarroni his junior year in districts.
2: Uh, well, before the show, I think before we started recording, um, Coach Armel talked about he had they had won a state championship at Benedictine while he was there. What, what year were you at Benedictine when you won the state championship? Uh,
3: 1973. So was that your like junior year, senior year? That was my senior year. Senior
2: year. So that, that would seem to be the obvious one, but I'm going to say I, I do remember you constantly running – when I, when you were coaching at Lake, and I think you ran a marathon, so I'm going to say that would be what you would say is your greatest athletic achievement.
3: Tough call, because I I think, boy, No, I I you know what I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to I have run I've run two marathons. Okay, oh um, wow. I was going go fi- to wait marathon. a minute. I finished two marathons. <laughs> Sometimes it's a difference, but no, I think I'd have to go um, with the state title. Yeah, because now we're talking my athletic career, yeah, not yeah, coaching. Yeah. yeah, so we won a, a state title in 1973 at Benedictine uh, in football. Um, we beat, uh, in the state semifinals, we beat Lima Central Catholic. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we beat Lima Central Catholic in the state semifinals 23-0. <laughs> oh, to zero. Oh, wow. And a, a you know, here's one for you. So in that game, um, unbelievably, I had my <laughs> – we're in the state playoffs. It was my first interception all year. <laughs> that was a good time to have it. Wait a minute, though. It gets better. <laughs> I ran for a touchdown. Wow! And it ended up being the longest touchdown in playoff history.
2: Holy crap! You're how how long was it?
3: Uh, Forty-seven yards or something like that. Oh wow! So, yeah, I, that, can I tell you the story that goes yeah, with it? Oh, this yeah. is so. That's what we're here for. I'd rather. So I'd rather I'm not. Not. let's <laughs>
0: move on to the next question.
3: <laughs> I am. I this, am is a, this is a true.
0: This is a real story. Beneficent so I'm a DB, little guy. Lima Central Catholic. Twenty three three nine. So
3: I am. I'm. A, I'm, I'm like. A, I'm five seven. hundred forty. My senior year, and uh, first couple games, I, I didn't start. Right. I. I don't know. Coach didn't think I was good enough, tough enough, fast enough, whatever. And after the second game, they they have like an open tryout for you know for de- defensive back. They weren't satisfied with the guy that was in there. And so third game of the season they go okay it's you. And then next week we still had a, like an open tryout and they said okay it's you and then after that it was it was me. And uh, so um, so by n- n- no means was I, you know, like like this, you know, we want to stay title. but by no means you know, like you know out of 22 starters I was probably number 20 maybe 21 <laughs> you know as far as athletic ability. So we run so this kid, he, he, he kid run, you know, I'm covering this guy. He runs it, like a quick out and a quarterback throws it and I, I step in front or whatever and I intercept the ball. And uh, it, so it's a quick out. Yeah. So there's no one in front of me. I mean, right. I have no, nothing but like Open going, terms. yeah. Right. Green right? So I'm running down a sideline. I'm going, oh man. And I can hear my dad was my coach, you know, in CYO. And I, his voice like came in my head like, put the ball in your outside hand. <laughs> so in the middle of running, I switched hands from my left, my right arm to my left because I'm right. down the left sideline, right? So I'm, I'm running, running, and I, I'm peeking out like, is anybody going to catch me? And I'm looking, <laughs> and I swear to God, and I don't think it was, but I could swear, maybe the guy was like number 37 or 27, but maybe I was dyslexic or something. And I swear, I go, oh, here's a guy that's got a 70 number and he's <laughs> catching me, <laughs> right? So I run, and I just get into the end zone, right? Yeah, yeah. I just get in the end zone, and this kid hits me, and I, and I, you know, he tackles me and I, and I fall, but I, I made it to the end zone, right? So, and again, I have never scored a touchdown in my life, right? I barely, at least I didn't play that. You know, I was just a defensive back, and I, I didn't even play till the third game of the season. And uh, so I'm not down on the ground, and the referee comes over, and he extends his hand. He wants the ball, right, to place it for extra point. So I see his hand out there. I am so excited. I got up, I shook his hand to thank you, and I ran (laughs) off the field. (laughs) It's a true story. I swear to God, it's a, it happened. I shook the guy's hand, right. I left the ball on the ground. I shook his hand. So this guy probably for years afterwards, probably going to things, he goes, and they're probably talking about, yeah, I had this game, and he'll go. I had this playoff game. There's this kid. <laughs> he shook my hand after he intercepted the ball, and it turns out that now here's here's and I gotta I gotta disclose. So that was at that time. That was the longest interception for touchdown in state in in. Uh, the state playoff history. That's awesome. The yeah. state playoff started the year before. <laughs> 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 still, 1972. Still yeah, but it, know, it, it did stick around to like 1980 or yeah, something that like that. Is, so. that, is, that is a cool story. Yeah. That would yeah, that would. But then, be... I swear to God, the thing is, I'm so excited. Like I'm running around. You know, people are like... I'm and then I had to go out for kickoffs. So I was exhausted, right? <laughs> so I'm on the kickoff team. Like I'm breathing. So I'm running down for that. And then we got to stay on defense again. I'm like right? oh my god, <laughs> I was dying.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like my life has come full circle because my Lima number. Central Catholic. My number at Lima Central Catholic. Twenty three. Oh,
3: wow. 23. Now here's the thing. The and, bur- oh, bur- I did, they couldn't fit the O on there. It was uh... <laughs> Bernie Kickta. Yeah. He was a kid that I went. He was a senior. Uh, he was on the yearbook staff, and uh, state playoffs. He's on the sideline. He's got a picture of me intercepting the ball. Oh, I have it at home. That's I have awesome. a black and white picture. It's got the Maslin scoreboard. It says what the how much time's left, the score of the game at the time, the yeah. whole, whole bit down oh, the distance. Amazing. It was like cool. Yeah, wow. it was like unbelievable.
2: Who awesome. knew? That's yeah. real. That's really cool. All right, what do we got? Question number two, coach. Okay,
3: question number two. Oh, geez. All right. Uh, do I still <laughs> do I still wake up every morning in shock that Dale Caprosi actually <laughs> won a state title? <laughs> I would say yes. Right, I'm a full full yes. I,
1: I wake up every day. I can't imagine you don't wake up every day in shock. <laughs> and that was, that was the clinching that clinched the uh, state title for the team, right? Like Correct. Won the state championship. Yeah. So
3: yeah. So the quick story is yeah. So we were behind Kenston in the state title. It's the Bombers. 1989. And uh, we're, we're kind of catching up, and Steubenville's in there, too, in that, in that mix, and but Kenston's out in front. And we have to wrestle Kenston head-to-head in the state finals at 140 with uh, Vic Voinovich. Uh-huh. And uh, Vic beats the kid from Kenston. So we were, we were within – we were six down six, so that puts us within two because, you know, victory gets you two, uh, four on the team score. So he beats uh kid from Kenston, puts us in there. John Volpe – was in the state finals, uh, 152, and uh, he loses um, in overtime to a kid from uh, Oak Harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Zeb, you know Zeb Miller, who ah, does the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. right? His I think I want to say his cousin was, okay. uh, was a Miller, and he beat uh, John in overtime. So now we're down to to Dale to to um, win the title because Kenton doesn't have anybody left. And, uh, Dale, you know, Dale and Dale fashion, you know, we're like, okay, we still got a shot to stay state title, you know, and, and, uh, and of, end of the about middle of the second period, he's losing six to three. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, so uh, again, you, you technique a kid, you condition him, you out will him, And, um, you know, it's just the conditioning started turning over and the kid ended up taking a little injury time to catch his breath and. You know, we pressured him, and uh, about I don't know, three seconds, two seconds ago, Dale takes the kid down. To in fact, we took the lead. Um, we took the lead with about thirty seconds to go, with Dale on top. And but we had a, a warning, a stale warning, a st- uh, stalling warning in the first period. I'm like, man, if we ride this kid out for us in, in overtime, we might get hit for a stall. So we kicked him out. We chose to kick him out with thirty to go and tied the score back up. And then with about three seconds ago, we hit that. His uh, what was that one move he knew? It's <laughs> 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 not to stand up. They didn't do a lot of scouting back yeah. then, I guess. It was the double. Yeah. So he hit the kid with the double, and uh, and you know he he takes the kid down with three seconds to go. You know he he wins. We get four points. We end up you know beating Kinston by. Uh, you know, by two points, it was uh, a, was, uh, but have I gotten over it? Uh, do I, wait, what was the question of, will I wake up every morning? No. Um, and and I, I give all credit to my therapist, you know, for that. Well, I'm um, sure there's very, a lot to unpack, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, so, it, but it's it's taken years, but uh, yeah, we've definitely gone over that. And that's always a reason why, because, you know, you put the, 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 the <laughs> Dale, Dale Free, so I always have to mention that. You know, we had you know, Vic was in the finals, you know, and right. got us a lot of points. Actually, and I always tell people, you know, Charlie Becks was a sophomore that year and he won his first round match, and we win by two in his, his advance yeah, advancement counts. points. That's two. So I, and actually you can go back and say Charlie, you know, Charlie yeah. as much as
0: anything. Dale put down his sandwich and <laughs> put his cigarette out at the edge of the match. Well here now yeah, yeah. so this guy's tuned in. I can All tell. Right. He's and I
3: to am go. gonna call Dale and let him know to look this up, but so Dale weighed in uh, uh, for the final. So now it's the 160-pounder. You got, the, you know, the, 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 back then you got a pound, and you got two pounds at Christmas, another pound in February. So he's up three, and then the second day of the tournament. So he was like allowed to weigh 165. He weighs in for the finals. He's 156 pounds. Oh, wow. You know why? because he was a 152-pounder. He could not beat Johnny Volpe in the wrestle-off, no so we bumped him up. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, so he was really a certified 52, but John Volpe, who ended up being a state runner-up at 52, um, yeah, Dale, right, Dale? Couldn't beat him. God, the last time Dale ever stepped yeah. on a scale and wasn't as, as,
0: yeah. as heavy as he wanted to be. <laughs> right. But he was a grinder. Right? You
3: know, all you guys were just such great workers. That's a work ethic, I think, more than anything. Like I said, I wasn't... You know, we weren't, we had good technique on our feet. I think we, you know, but technique, this, you guys just had great hearts and great work ethic and great support with your families and stuff like that. Yeah, it was good. So, yeah, but therapy's got me over that. (laughs) So, question three three, what was my favorite sport or skill to teach uh, for my, oh, phys ed classes? All right. So I taught, oh, okay. Um, right. I mean, I, I was
2: in those classes and we did a lot of things that I guess, I don't know if they're normally taught, but I do remember doing archery and that was, that was kind of a cool thing to learn. I remember Chris Valletto. I remember Chris Valletto? Yeah. He came in and he was like a big, he hunted a lot. And the one day I think he had like talked you into letting him break. He brought in his like, <laughs> his hunting bow. bows. <laughs> and like, the, cause the ones we had in the gym class were just like <laughs> yeah. these cheap little plastic right. things. Yeah, he little. brought in this compound bow and he shot it and it went like,
3: wait a minute, wait a minute! These cheap things. You know, it was on the written test. What type of boat? It was a recurve. I don't think you, I, I don't think I passed that. Right <laughs> Obviously <on top>. not. <laughs> no, no. did
2: But but Valetto shot it went through the target and then through the wooden bleachers. Yeah, stuck into the bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. oh,
0: that's that a win. So, that was so what funny. What do you th- what do you think? I'm I'm imagining uh, you know coach you've been in the game for a long time so i'm imagining like grease and the old gray sweat <laughs> you know, like the you know uh playing badminton in gym or something like that i'm going to say i'm going to say badminton
1: i actually i was going to say archery cuz <clears throat> my wife had told me about the archery like LA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, but what you also do you ever play like uh like floor hockey or broom hockey or any of those type of things we played a little floor hockey now and then yeah i was, yeah. I was thinking about that what did
2: you that. what did you what was your favorite thing to teach in gym class as far as like, like for this question yeah yeah badman badman, badman. oh
3: badminton, no doubt about it yeah me and, and coach holian oh yeah yeah we would take on all comers yeah we would just yeah i don't think we i don't i know we never got beat because if,
0: if you've ever played badman recently it, it is the great equalizer because you can play with any age alike yeah. Yeah. and you think like oh certainly my athleticism and like hand eye coordination is gonna help me here and you swat at this thing <laughs> yeah. like Andre Agassi, like forehand, and it goes <laughs> boom. And it just yeah. goes, goes like five feet. Oh yeah, you know, right to the other player. But it, you know, it's a it's a game about you know finesse and like fine points and and everything yeah. else. It's it's a really fun game to play. You know, when well, you can
3: time. play it indoors at you know at the the height of the net is right. supposed to be five feet, not like you know. Family picnic where it's up like at eight feet, <laughs> yeah. it's five feet, you know, and you play indoors where there's no wind. It's a lot of fun. It yeah, is. I enjoyed did that. Did you ever see it
1: like in the Olympics yeah. when those guys play? Oh, oh that they're like it's kind of like golf. Like when we yeah. play golf and like the PGA Tour pros play right. golf. It's a different game. It's a different yeah. game. Like when we play badminton, and those yeah. guys play badminton. Like or like it's ta- yeah. yeah, it's like table tennis. Oh, we, yeah. play, we play ping
3: pong. They play table tennis. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: It's, right. it, it, it's a different sport. That's funny. All right, what you got right. next? Number four. Let's
3: see. Number four. Uh, in my, this is a wrong statement. Oh, so it says in my four decades of teaching students,
2: right? 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, five decades. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Six it, decades.
3: decades. Right. It just finished. This is a new decade. True. But I guess I was just... Six decades. I was just looking Get at it right. like 42 years, 40, right? 42 years. Jim spent so, just a short amount of time. You should have put in your 42 Four,
2: years. 4.2 decades. Jim Jim, 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 Jim did some like
3: data entry yeah. for Pricewaterhouse. <laughs> so just, just in, for my, a in my summer. six decades of teaching students, the funniest thing that I ever witnessed was...
2: Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I'm trying to think if there's anything specific that I could even think of. Um, geez. Oh, I can't even think. Shane, any guesses on this?
1: I, I don't know. I thought you had something specific here in mind when you... Push, I just thought, you together. know, after a
2: guy has just taught for six decades, um, I'm sure he's probably seen some stuff.
3: <laughs> but at my age, I've forgotten a lot too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jeez I don't know I'm thinking
0: back to like stories of the Havens and like what what could have possibly happened in my my high school I, I don't know this is one we gotta we is have there any kid like I mean was there any like answer
1: in a room like in a classroom some kid caught something on fire or you know or like it just reminded like, me of a story the car,
2: like through like through
1: the school. so
0: I'll tell a story that Brandon Steinmetz has told about <laughs> <of, laughs> <do it> <laughs> Dan Ambrosiak oh <laughs> how somebody had Brandon in a splatle and Dan Ambrosio was throwing rolls of athletic tape. <laughs>
2: you know, he would say, that Marino was, fires. That was just our pre-practice warm-up typically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. what What's the craziest wow. thing you think you, you recall from your...
3: I remember the kids being in shock when Sister St. Anne came in to play basketball and she had like... Sweatpants on. And didn't have. To, it was back in the day when they still had to wear their habit yeah, and things yeah. like that. they were like just in shock and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, people, you know, boxing yeah. people like out. Step <laughs> yeah. up, step crossover dribbles yeah. and like. So. Or the real early on, one kid is like a senior prank, um, brought in a pig, in the school <laughs> and like greased it out, and they thought, oh, it's just going to run around and they went, And the thing is, they let it and went down senior hallway, and Tom Ward came out of his office. And uh like and everybody's like, Oh my gosh, he's you know and the thing ran right into his office, he's closed the door and it was it was like it was over like in fifteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was it. Uh, it was yeah. kinda of anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah. It's it was just, pretty good. The pig did announcements uh, that
1: morning. Yeah. I think you'd say it took a big shit like right in the middle of the hallway <laughs> and I'm just laid down. Uh
3: no, yeah.
2: All right, well, Maybe, maybe, I can't really think of anything better than like a, a greased pig. We had, no. you know what, I
3: had, there was, and there was the tradition at Lake, and I don't know if they still do it, but there was always a senior prank. Yeah. And one year, um, a couple of these kids, all year, they were collecting spare tires, all year. And their thing was, one night, we're going to get all these spare tires, we're going to load them in these trucks and stuff, we're going to drive into the parking lot, and just put them down and spread them out, so when morning comes, no one can get in the parking <laughs> lot because there's all these tires, yeah. right? So the one custodian saw him doing it. So he said, the one custodian just kind of stayed in the entranceway of the school and watched them and watched them and watched them, and he said it got to like four in the morning, and he came out and he goes. Looks like you guys have about three hours to get rid of them or I'm calling the cops. <laughs> <laughs> so it's because they had to get them all out. All yeah. out. Yeah. They're all on the, you know, a, a, next to the guardrail where the yeah. freshman practice football, yeah. they just stored them over there. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah.
2: All right. What's the last question, Coach?
3: Last question. Uh, My guilty pleasure is... Um, I feel
2: like you like candy. I don't know if that's right or not, but I would say like... There's there's probably some kind of candy that that you <laughs> you, you like to eat because I remember I feel like I remember you always liking like Milky Ways or Snickers bars is that is that close or no I can't I'm not allowed to answer that's no, not I'm the rule. Yeah. <laughs> you know i better than I was did. just trying to read your yeah. face to, to <laughs> oh. see like if you were giving me any hints but I'm gonna say yeah you you got like a a sweet tooth there that um that you you, you indulge in more than you probably should.
0: Well, I would say you know you're uh, you're a, a connoisseur of the uh, carbonated beverages there, and I would I know that my uh, one of the great uh, patriarchs of my life, Coach Murphy, my wrestling coach at Lima Central Catholic for the longest time, Pat Murphy. Um, what uh, you know, just towards the end, it seemed like always towards the end of the week, he had a Mountain Dew, just a nice cold Mountain Dew. Oh. Uh, you know, and, and we're all sucking weight and everything else, but he's having a Mountain Dew, and I just man, I. I I would long for that, for the taste of that Mountain Dew. I'd say, I'd say maybe you just like a nice cold Mountain Dew when everybody else is cutting weight. Cutting weight, man. I just like
1: an ice cube, even.
3: You know, <laughs> yeah, right. right. A Water. Ice cube.
1: I'm gonna say uh, like like ninety like late at night, you you know you kick back, you're relaxing, you turn on like just like you, cheesy like '90s TV shows like you put on Baywatch, and
3: you just <laughs> you sit in your recliner and just watch Hasselhoff <laughs> and Pam Anderson run down the beach. <laughs> To that end, actually, my favorite <laughs> show I, I love it, is Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just it; just makes me giggle. Charlie's yeah. just that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good but one. actually, my guilty pleasure would be—I I guess you say sweets, but probably if you narrow down—is chocolate. Okay, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. We you. have. I'll, I'll buy those, go to Sam's Club and buy those 18-pound, <laughs> you know, every week and a half, it seems like I'm buying those. total Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> then I'll, you know, and then it's like, I'll yeah, put them in a little bit in cereal or, um, what I like to do is, is buy graham crackers yeah. and sprinkle them on graham crackers, put them in the microwaves <laughs> and get them so they're melted. And then I take a knife and like butter it. Wow, you're serious. And then and then throw it in the freezer for a while. Oh. break it out and it's got yeah, graham yeah. crack with the frozen Oh, that's oh, really good. Go. Yeah. That is good. But Jeez. Snickers and M and M's, yeah. Frozen Snickers. You're a, a chocolatier. Yeah. <laughs> there is a place on the West Side. No. I just, <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: Coach. And we, my
3: mom used to work at a candy store. Well, there you go. So it's, she's. The, and then yeah. it's,
2: you know it's like you find the example from your parents and your your mom works at a right, candy store Mary. and look at you now. Pharaohs. candy. Now you're candy. buying 20 twenty yeah. pound bundles of yeah. chocolate. Pharaohs Fer- candy. Fifty five gallon drums of yeah. Hershey's. She she
3: worked in that candy store till she was eighty years old. Oh, wow. And he say, Mom, you worked Someone Someone said, You worked till, oh, work till 80 years old. She goes, Yeah, he, 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 the guy sold the shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason why she worked the 80s because the guy right, late closed, closed the store. <laughs> she
3: was, sure, yeah. she he Closed the in. shop. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yes. that's good.
2: All right, Coach. Well, we really appreciate you coming and uh, sitting God, down with us for your and, time. and talking. and. No.
3: I appreciate uh, you Let me know how this, all this podcast works. It was yeah, any help you and need? Uh, if
1: you want to get something going, I can Thank definitely you. help you out or stop yeah. over, whatever you need. Go ahead. you need I can
3: do. Excellent.
0: Yeah, folks, well, it's uh, there's a couple of things that I like about this episode. One um, is that uh, when you said Coach is coming over, and I said Co- uh, Armelli, and you said, yeah, Coach Armell, that proves my point about the more Italian something is. The fewer syllables you pronounce of it, so so Coach Armelli, uh Coach Armel is coming over, so
1: he uh, hopefully he has
0: some spaghetti or some lasagna after the show and
1: uh, and hey, I, I was looking, so I'll put it in the show notes, but uh, coachhallfoundation.org. dot org, correct. There's Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'll put that yep. in our notes if you wanna. Thank wanna you. Yeah, and there we'll, information we'll about that. We'll
2: shoot it out on Twitter and um, okay. Facebook too for Thanks. for the post. Appreciate
0: it. Uh, and lastly. Coach Armel is the the best dressed guest we've ever had yeah, on the show. He really and, is. He stepped it
1: up. Uh, first one with a collar, and for, <laughs> and for yeah, I've,
0: yeah, for the Thanks. reason that he's going to see his uh, going to visit his mom after the show, and uh, it is a Mother's Day uh, podcast. So it is. I happy think mother's it's Day. fitting that uh, we wish uh, all of our uh, mothers out there and our wives who are mothers and the folks we know that are mothers a happy Mother's Day. And um, I'll send you out to Mother by Pink Floyd. So I hope you enjoyed cutting weight with us here. Coach Hall Foundation, do what yeah. you can. Drop the bomb. <laughs> Mother, do you think
3: they'll like this song?